We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show, Tuesday, November 21st edition. Got plenty going on in the NBA. We've got the tournament continuing tonight. We'll have tournament play. We'll have the super bright floors that I am indeed getting used to. Uh, we'll be we'll be in action tonight. A lot of news to dive into as well. Keith, how are you doing? And did you see the response to our food discussion to start yesterday's show? I didn't. I, I didn't. I have to look at it. I haven't. I did not have much of a chance after posted to go back and look at the comments. I'm sure people were extremely kind. Well, there were there were some people there were, that were contending that the the pie crust is one of the better parts of the pie itself. Yeah. So there were there were surprise, uh, and then there were people that were encouraging me to to man up and just eat the whole thing uh, by myself. And you know what? I, I'm thinking. I, I'm saving that pumpkin pie for Thanksgiving. I don't think I'm going to be able to do that if the task is to eat the entire thing. I might have to start tonight. Yeah, I'm going to have to start tonight, tonight if, there, if there's yeah. a shot at it. Yeah, why not, right? During the uh, the Lakers are playing tonight, right? I think they're yeah. playing the Jazz in a tournament game. Yeah, just en- enjoy a piece of pie tonight. You, you've earned it. I'll, I'll do the play-by-play while I'm eating <laughs> there you pumpkin go. pie. That'll, that'll work perfectly. And the people who only watch that will be like, what is happening? <laughs> why is this happening right now? <laughs> then you can be like, if you want to know why I'm eating pumpkin pie, subscribe to NBA for an office show. There you, go. there you go. There you go. Get the, get the plug in there. Get yeah. the plug in. All right. Well, I think tomorrow we'll do some some turkey fun facts and things like that to get ready for for Thanksgiving. Uh, but for today, oh no, we've got we've got injury news to get. Yeah. We've got some other stuff too. But let's talk about the injury stuff first. Let's go. Bradley Beal has nerve irritation going from his back down his leg. Uh, that's not good. Ben Simmons is out dealing with with nerve irritation right now too. This is uh, this is no bueno for for the Suns for Bradley Beal. I don't know how long exactly this is going to keep him him out of action or, or what this is going to be moved for, but typically nerve stuff is is a bad sign. Yeah, and this came from Sham Sharania reporting on the injuries and that Beal's going to be out for at least three weeks. And mm-hmm. uh, well, what's going on? It sounds like he had an assorted uh, in various injuries that that caused this uh, issue, but it is going down into his legs. And obviously for a player who is heavily relying on his jump shot and his ability to change directions and the like, that's not great. So he's probably you know going to have to get that really handled. And what you worry about now is let's say he is back in three, four weeks. Is it going to pop up again? Is it going to be something right. that comes back? 
you know, after a handful of games and those kind of things. I, I know I've talked about it before, but anytime it's a back injury, I always think of Larry Bird because mm-hmm. at the end of portion of his career, he'd come back, he'd look amazing for sometimes two, three weeks, and then something would tweak, and then he'd be out for a week or two. And then he'd get back, and he'd look good again, and something would happen. And he was one of those guys who spent the uh, latter part of his career, probably some of the people remember him with the Dream Team, lying yeah. on the floor um, they, whenever he was out of games because he couldn't sit in the chairs because his back would tighten up on him. So he'd lay on the floor and then uh, get back into the game that way. So – well, we'll see you know, what happens with Bradley Beal. Hopefully it's nothing near that serious yeah. and he'll be able to get back and get back and be good because that Suns team is built around having Durant, Booker, and Beal. And when you don't have them, they're just never going to be the team that they hoped to be. They're still a good team, still a playoff team, but they're not going to be a title contender without all three of them. Yeah, absolutely. So that's something that is going to be – it's going to be a challenge for the Suns if they can't get him back to full health. But you know what? There's a lot of people who are saying, well, yeah. I mean, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and Bradley Beal all have lengthy injury histories. So, of course, you're going to have, you're going to have stuff that's going to pop up. You're probably – I mean, Keith, what did you say it was? You were at 50 games maybe? 50 that games, all three, yeah. And is no, that, has that come down under, now? Yeah, I'm way – like I'm down like around 40 Yeah. now at best. Yeah. And then just since we're talking something that – you know, could this persist? It's worth uh, remembering Bradley Beal after this season. So after this year, three more years, $161 million. Uh, with with a no trade clause. Yep. With a no trade clause and the, uh, and a player option on that final year. So not great, very really not great uh, for the Phoenix Suns. That is uh, not, not a place you want to be. No. Yeah, definitely not. Definitely not. Uh, Matt Ryan. Out, out 10 to 14 days. Laker legend, Matt Matt Ryan. Celtics legend, too. <laughs> That's right. Out out 10 to 14 days. Keith, before we came on here, it was funny. You, you, we, you said typically we wouldn't report on a two-way player, but since he plays all the time, we got to make sure we throw him in here. Yeah, absolutely. And he has been playing a lot for, for the Pelicans. Uh, he's already played in 13 games this year, which that's a lot uh, for a two-way player, uh, averaging 22.9 uh, minutes per game, 46% from the field. A robust 47% from three on um, 5.2 three-point attempts uh, per game. 9.3 points per game really has blossomed into a you know, regular guy and a guy who I would think would be a leading contender to be converted to a standard roster yeah. spot. That wouldn't happen until much later in the year after the Pelicans. They're, they're just over the luxury tax line right now. They're certainly going to make a trade or two or whatever they need to do to make sure they don't pay the luxury tax. But the the most likely move is Kyra Lewis gets gets moved um, from, from there and in some kind of salary dumping type of trade. That gets them under. Then they could uh, convert Matt Ryan. But, yeah, 10, 10 to 14 weeks with a mild calf strain. Days. Yeah, ten. To, sorry, ten days. to fourteen days. Yes, <laughs> not ten to fourteen weeks. That'd be like the season. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, but ten to fourteen days uh, for him. So yeah, about two weeks. Generally, calf strains. It's closer to the longer end end of the time frame. So we'll see him towards the beginning part of December and back, and then we'll see the other thing. Um, we'll do an update on this probably a month or so from now. Some of these teams are starting to eat into the two way days already. Like we've got teams that guys have been on the active to roster and playing like Matt Ryan. He's not the only one. There's a handful of guys every single game. And it uh, was so 90 is the max. 
50 days, 50 games. For an individual player, but combined it was 90, right? Uh, I forget. I'd have to go through it. That might be right. I'd have to run through them. But any individual players, yeah, 50 games, they can be active. So it's not 50 games played. It's just 50 games on the active roster. Um, So if we're, you know, 12, 13 games in, some of these teams are already eating into that two-way amount quite a bit. So we'll Mm -hmm. see what happens at the end of the day uh, with all these guys uh, just with, with that. But it's too early to do that now. It's just something I'm keeping a little bit of a running tab on. Keith, I have a new name for the Memphis Grizzlies. The Boo Boo Bears. <laughs> because because they, they just cannot catch a break. They are so hurt. So very, very hurt, this team. They just they have everybody, it feels like, is injured. You've got Steven Adams, of course, John Morant suspended, Brandon Clark, Marcus Smart. Now Luke Kennard has got, got, got stuff going on. What what is happening? This team is falling to pieces, Keith. Yeah, I mean, it really is gotten to ridiculous portions. They they played the Celtics the other night, and I had uh, uh, my former Celtics blog colleagues, a handful of them were like, all right, who are these guys? Yeah. Who are they playing? Um, because they were playing a lot of their two-way guys, a lot of their end-of-bench guys. Xavier uh, Tillman, even. Yeah, Xavier management Tillman stuff. is also out. Yeah. So what's going on with Luke Kennard? Uh, he has a bone bruise in his left knee. That's least two more weeks for him. Uh, Xavier Tillman has an injured left leg. That they, They've been a little kind of cagey on what exactly that is, but they said he's week to week uh, mm. with an injury, so not even day to day. And then we covered it yesterday. Marcus Smart's out three to five weeks with a sprained left foot. Derek Rose is still in and out of the lineup, and at this point in his career, he's not a guy you can rely on being there every single night. So they, they're just going to have to get through it. Now what I do wonder for Memphis is – are we in range of starting to look into, all right, some of these things are going to last a lot longer than a handful of games. Uh, are we going to start looking into, can we get uh, hardship exceptions yes. and get extra spots in here? They, as we talk right now, they are $8.4 million under the luxury tax. So eating a couple more guys on contracts, that's probably not the end of the world. They'd probably be able to work around that if they need to. Um, that's a good amount of uh, mm-hmm wiggle room if they wanted to make a trade where they took on money later in the year so that becomes all right we we're, we're, we're going to be watching this you know do they need to make a move or two to just get get bodies in the in the gym because this is a challenge like i'm sure their practices are even limited right now because there's only so much yeah. you can do yeah can they uh, even play five on five these guys yeah i don't know it's pretty close I mean, because even like a guy like Jake LaRavia, yeah. he's been in and out of the line. He's got an eye issue. Too. Yeah, so you're really down to, let's see, uh, 11 healthy players uh, right now. And a couple of those guys, like Santi Aldama was hurt earlier this year. Zaire Williams has had a couple uh, stints with injuries. So you're probably not wanting to push them too hard. So, yeah, I'm sure their practices are uh, at most glorified walkthroughs, which – that's generally the case unless you've got a couple days off in a row at this point in the NBA season, but still you're, you're in a rough spot if you're Memphis. So if, and when you're talking about 11 healthy play, that doesn't mean it's 11 guys that you necessarily want to have be major Correct. pieces of your rotation too. And so that's something to, to factor in. You mentioned they're 8 million away from the luxury tax. I don't think they're at this point quite yet, but I do wonder if this continues even once Jaw comes back, do we see the Grizzlies around the deadline become more of an opportunistic trading team where they're absorbing a salary for somebody or something like that, realizing that, hey, we're probably not going anywhere this year. Let's get a high draft pick and then let's regroup uh, for next season. 
Yeah, I kind of wonder that too. They've got some tradable guys too if they wanted to just kind of even out their books a little yeah. bit more because this is a team that is they're projected to be pretty expensive next season because remember Desmond Bain, he's on 3.8 million this year. That jumps to 34 million uh next season, it, you know, and potentially more if he hits some of his bonuses. So this is a team that that next year projects to be about 13 million over the luxury tax. So you're you're pushing up against being a second apron team as it stands right now. Now we'll see what happens with guys like Luke Kennard and in in the like with, with you know some of the, the options and uh, they, they do have uh, Kenneth Lofton Jr. as a non-guaranteed contract. So it can create a little bit more wiggle room, but you're a lot closer to being that second apron team. So I do also wonder, could they do a little bit of pre-agency where it's mm-hmm. like, let's make a trade now that we maybe won't be able to make in the summertime and those kind of things, because this might be uh, last chance saloon time for them to add real salary. Or do you, Let's shed a little bit of the salary, create even more wiggle room for ourselves under these tax, uh, under the tax aprons, maybe even all the way out of it and under the tax entirely. But right now, as it stands, they are going to be one of the more expensive teams. And that's more expensive coming off what looks like it could be a pretty down and lost season. Yeah, it really does. And it's uh, it's unfortunate to be at that point this early. You know, I mean, this this early on to already be talking about a lost season for for the Grizzlies. But I mean, like John Morant can't just he can't get back fast enough. He yeah, this team is just they're they're sinking and they just don't have they just don't have the players. They they don't have the players. So many guys are out hurt. Uh, I it I'm hard pressed to think of a team that's been hit this hard with with injuries. There's teams that get hit pretty hard with injuries every year, but man, it feels like everybody on this team is just banged up. It's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, a Zach Levine trade likely to happen. If, likely if it does happen. I shouldn't say likely to happen. If it does happen, it more more than likely will take place closer to the trade deadline, which is what we've said for logistics reasons uh, in terms of more players being a- available to be traded around the NBA. We talk about that December 15th date. And just the fact that most trades, especially for big star-level players, they, they don't happen until closer to the trade deadline because, well, that's when teams get the most serious. That deadline creates urgency, and that gets teams to be a little bit more direct with their offers, a little bit more realistic. What we hear often is in December, yes, teams start to call each other a little bit, then they kind of go away for the holidays and stuff. And so those December talks are often like pie-in-the-sky in the discussions. You know, it's, hey, we want everything, this, that, and, and all that kind of stuff. And then you get a little more realistic in in January, and then by the time the deadline's there, okay, both sides give a little bit, and then that's how ultimately you either reach a deal or you don't. So, even if it wasn't for the you know the whole players available aspect of this, it's still more likely that a deal is going to go down closer to the deadline than rather than sooner on uh, in the year. But also when you add in how many, I believe it's twenty five percent of the league becomes trade eligible on December 15th, something somewhere in that range. Yeah, it's about 27%, but yeah, okay. you're right there. So that that makes it just much more possible to, to actually get a deal done. So no surprise that it's it's going to be more of a deadline thing, even though it's been a big topic conversation. It's not happening tomorrow or anything. Yeah, and, and we're also in a spot then you'll have another additional 30-ish guys will become eligible on January 15th. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are guys who re-signed with their team, got a big raise, and their team re-signed them using a form of uh, bird or early bird rights uh, to re-sign them with. So those guys have a 
lengthened uh, no trade period with, with that. So, and then we're down to very few guys have the kind of no trade clause this year. We didn't see a ton of uh, one year contracts for players who would have bird rights at the end or early bird rights. So, so we didn't see too, too many of those. And we saw, as we've noted several times, a handful of players, which is a new thing in this new CBA, they waived those uh, no trade clauses. So that adds it all up to we're a lot more, Big trades like this, $40 million salary, major yeah. star, uh, all-star level guy being available. That's going to be, you're talking, I think, a mid-January type trade at the earliest. It, but to your point, maybe closer to the deadline, just because you may have, the Bulls may hold out as well saying, let's see what else comes available. You know, maybe it's not the best offer right now. Maybe we can hold on a little bit longer and we get to that trade deadline and then we we, we get the big, big trade there. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, Amazon. They, we, we've heard the NBA may be looking to split up their their TV rights. Some of it may be going digital. Some of it, you know, streaming services. We know Amazon already has Thursday Night Football in their effort to get NBA content on their on their streaming service for Amazon Prime. They may want the NBA playoffs. Now, I would assume they would not be able to get the entire. NBA, I guess if they yeah, I think bid, it would just be a portion. It would be a portion, but still, I mean, we're we're still talking about a scenario where, in order to watch NBA now playoff games, you've got to have cable TV, right? You got to have ABC or NBC or, or whatever. I guess that's just TV, right? Um, plus, now you got to have an Amazon Prime subscription in order to in order to watch it. Some games it's League Pass. Some games are blacked out. I'm talking during the regular season, mm-hmm. where again. It, I Thursday night football has worked out just fine with with Amazon, but again, we're talking about having to bounce around to a bunch of different portals to be able to find NBA games. Yeah, I, I continue to say I'm fine with if you put these anywhere. I just want to be able to switch channels without having to switch like devices. Yeah, I'm actually watching these these games on playoff games. I get it. The, the reaction to this. Um, doesn't seem to be great on social media. A lot of people are kind of replying with like, no, I don't want to have to, I shouldn't have to pay to watch a playoff game. They're like, if I want to watch, you know, hundreds of regular season games, you know, and watch games out of market and all these other things I get that I need to pay for, but people feel like, Hey, the playoff games, that should be accessible to me through the, the, let's call yeah. it the, uh, the traditional methods. So, so I, I get it. The quote from uh, Jay Marine, who's the head of Amazon, uh, Glo- global Amazon Global Head of Sports is his actual title. He says, would something like the playoffs be an important part of our bid? Yes, I think that's fair to say. And then when he was asked, you know, why is it that Amazon's even interested in the NBA? He said, what fits is it is one of the biggest leagues in the world and people care about it. At the end of the day, do prime members care about it? Is it important to their life? And as a result, can it be meaningful in terms of the value it adds on to prime members and the prime program? I think with the NBA, it is true on all those fronts. So mm. clearly they're going to make a run, right? And make a real run at trying to get the 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 uh, rights to um, the, these games. So it's going to be interesting to watch how this plays out. I do wonder, are they? is the NBA going to give and say, all right, we'll give you some playoff games too. Is it going to be, all right, you can have first round series games on Tuesdays yeah. and the two Tuesdays in the first round, you'll, you'll get those. I don't know. We'll see what that looks like, but the, there's definitely going to be new ways we're consuming the NBA. And I just hope at the end of the day, people can get to what they need to get to 
with as much ease as possible and you know that that's the best way it works out all right yeah we'll see how that, that all happens and again we're a little ways away from this but this is obviously mm-hmm. something that we're going to keep an eye on as we as we see what the nba does with their tv rights um, that are coming up all yeah, right. as we talk on any of this stuff the NBA right now has it. They're the only people they can negotiate with are the current partners, which are um, is ESPN, Disney, ABC as one group, and then Turner Sports as the other group. They they cannot negotiate with you know Amazon. They can't negotiate with with anybody else. So that's that stuff. Hey, we have a little bit more injury news, unfortunately. Uh-oh. Uh oh, it is comes it? for one of the league's you know very worst teams. Um, I'm trying to get it to pull up so I'll be able to read it. Um, the uh, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, so good news mm-hmm. on this part. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich is coming back um, and has been cleared uh, for full practice, so close for him. Uh, Jalen Duran is also back. Um, he had a right ankle sprain, so he's now back to practice. So those two guys are okay. good news. Monte Morris, bad news, though. Uh, PRP injection on Friday, the 17th, so roughly a you know, almost a week ago, uh, rehab, a right quad strain. He'll be reevaluated again in six to eight weeks. So that's, wow. that's a, a rough loss for them, uh, considering, you know, they, they could use all the help they could get. Yikes. Yeah. That's, that's tough for a, a Pistons team that's been struggling. And again, I think not having Bogdanovich is a, is a big deal for them. Um, yep. not having some of their, their veterans out there and Morris is certainly one of them, not having these guys to, to sort of steer the ship for them. Um, it's, it, it's been a problem. And so things just keep getting worse for, uh, for Detroit, but uh, this team could still, do they need to, I've seen the the conversation out there on social media that Detroit maybe needs to do a mini reset, not obviously a full rebuild, but, but a mini reset. I don't, they've got, a, they've got a number of young players. It's just, kind of messy right now yeah. in terms of where like their path forward isn't as clean as some of the other youngish teams that are that would be considered in their kind of bracket or whatever in, in the NBA. Yeah, the only way you're resetting, I get you could trade some of these veteran guys and that's, yeah, that's the, you can the table do. anyway. But if you're resetting, that means you're probably then saying, all right, a handful of these young guys, we don't believe in them. And I think it's too early. Uh, to pull that trigger. I just think it's, it's like you said, it's messy. Um, I, I don't know that they've drafted the best fitting guys together. So I think that's a little bit of a, a challenge there. So I think that's you know something they need to definitely look through and, and work on and try to find better fits. Cause right now that is definitely a, a problem with the way all those guys kind of come together. They've got an awful lot of bigs. They've got a lot of guys who can't shoot um, that that's a issue and, you know, very clearly stands out when you watch them play. Right, right. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, last thing we've got, the Knicks and Raptors lawsuit. The Knicks reportedly seeking $10 million. They had a a former employee who left New York and went over to Toronto and sent over a bunch of files and plays and scouting reports, all kinds of stuff, like thousands upon thousands of things got got taken from the Knicks and and given to the Raptors. Um, Keith, this has the potential to get get messy here. Typically, we don't see this kind of stuff result in a in a lawsuit, but I don't know. Where in some ways, this is kind of unprecedented for the NBA. You don't really see teams file lawsuits uh, on each other. Yeah, we also got a little bit more detail on why is there a lawsuit? Why wasn't yeah. this just a complaint to the league office and let the league office handle it? And one of the things the Knicks are saying is Adam Silver is not the appropriate guy to handle this because. Uh, uh, I believe it's Larry Tannenbaum is mm-hmm. the um, Raptors uh, representative on the board of governors. He is a part, part owner of the Raptors. They're, they're kind of corporate owned mm-hmm. um, with, 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 as an entity. So uh, in this case, Larry Tannenbaum is the, um, he's very close with Adam Silver. Adam Silver has called him a mentor. Um, Adam Silver has also often said he is their boss. I think people forget Adam Silver oversees the entire league at the behest of the NBA owners. He works for the NBA Board of Governors. They, mm-hmm. they hire him. They are the ones who can also fire him. So in this case, uh, Larry Tannenbaum is, uh, I believe he may be the chairman of the board currently. They, these things change um, sometimes. But that's why they filed the lawsuit was because they don't feel like they could just take this. In addition to that, James Dolan, uh, the owner of the New York Knicks, has resigned positions on the Board of Governors um, Advisory and Finance and Media Committees. So that's, we just talked about the media rights are coming up. He has, he has come out in what he said um, when he uh, resigned his, his spots on those. Given all that has occurred lately, I've come to the conclusion that the NBA neither needs nor wants my opinion. Um, And then he said, my hope is the Knicks will be treated equally and fairly as all other teams. As you know, I'm very busy with all my duties at MSG's family of companies. I need to apply my time where I can be most productive. Um, He also uh, is now no longer attending uh, the Board of Governors meetings anymore. uh, He is now sending their general counsel, Jamal Lassane, is now the Knicks representative in Board of Governors meetings. So that's a lot to say. This is very ugly. Uh, the Knicks obviously now have a high level of distrust uh, in the league and that they would handle this appropriately. This lawsuit, you talk to anybody around the league, most people are like, this seems a little frivolous. Like this doesn't seem like it's something that most people don't do and what he's alleged to have taken. None of it seems like overly like 
secretive and confidential. Yeah. It seems like he took synergy clips and signed into his synergy account and all those things. So definitely wrong. And the Raptors should probably be fined uh, for this and those kind of things. But, but th this is probably going to drag out a little bit and probably get uh, increasingly more ugly as we go. Well, I've seen a lot, a lot of, there've been a lot of the fan, the fan response has been, it's been kind of funny. It's been, why would you steal from the Knicks? Uh, yeah. Right, like, if, wouldn't you like if you could get a hold of like Eric Spolstra's plays or something <laughs> like that? Like right. that is not a different story. Sure. But, but you know, any slights to the Knicks aside, I think you're right. I think it's a lot of the stuff that we're talking about. It people act like all of this stuff is so secretive and everything like that. Teams scout other teams all the time. Yeah. Teams have have all kinds of info on other teams. Um, it, just because they got a hold of the Knicks plays or something doesn't mean they got anything they didn't already basically have, right? Exactly. I mean, I mean, scout like go go to a game and and if you if you go and you sit next to a scout, they're just sitting there writing out. They just and, and by the way, great basketball minds, obviously, and they can just read the game, and they're just marking down. They ran this play. Next, they ran this play. Then they did this. Then then they ran this. This was freelance. This you know, and, and just. By the end of the game, they've got a tally of everything that that a team did and everything they ran, all the plays they've got, and then with synergy and all that, you can go and look and see exactly well, how usually, teams are running everything. What they usually do is they'll they'll come with a call sheet, yeah. So they'll hear what the, they they hear. Uh, most teams give the they, it's this is the job of the advanced scout for as far as game planning. Yeah, stuff goes. The advanced scout sits generally fairly close to the bench. Then they mark down the call sheet. And then what they do is they provide it to their team's video coordinators who will then mark it against. Okay. So the play call was, you know, thumbs down right. and thumbs down equal, you know, all right, they're running a floppy action on the right side of the floor and these kind of things. And it's not, we don't do a ton of X and O's on this show, so we won't get too deep into it, but, but that's what thumbs down was, you know, or, you know, some teams, they, they, they're like run UCLA and it's like, all right, they're going to run, you know, a, a series where they set up for UCLA cuts and those kind of things. And that's, that's the job of the advanced scout and the video coordinator to put that together. Then they get that to the coaching staff and then the coaching staff says, okay, so if the team is sloppy and in, let me be fair too to the teams. It's not always just sloppy. Sometimes it's, hey, we don't have time to change our play calls every game. Yeah. Because we played last night. Now we're playing tonight. We 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 don't necessarily have time. Sometimes it'll be, all right, hey, we know we scouted them or they they were all over this action last time we played or whatever. So it might be in shoot around that day. Hey, what we're gonna do is we're gonna, you know, call it um, you know, anytime we mention a California school that's run the UCLA series or whatever it is, right? It's going to be, they, they may have tweaks like that, that, you know, hey, if they don't catch on, it goes, you know, it goes three, four ways. Um, the advanced scouts will do all the stuff. So to that point, everybody's all over this. This seemed more like it was like scouting, like player type stuff, like more on the front office side yeah. of like, hey, we really like what this kid does. But again, if it's, pulling clips that are available to anybody, anybody listening to this, if you have enough money can reach out to synergy and pay for a synergy subscription. Yeah. Like it's, they're a company that provides data um, and really good data and ways to get it. Um, their primary clients being NBA teams, but anybody can, can pay for it if you really wanted it. So it's, it's not that it's super proprietary. I don't, I'm not entirely sure. I don't think it was like, Hey, here's what their free agent game plan is for 2020. Right four five six and seven like that that's a little odd like like i'm not entirely sure you know where all this is 
going other than this is a very, very ugly thing. And now we're finding out some of the, why did we not just go to the league with a complaint and let the league handle it? It's because they don't trust that it be handled appropriately. Yeah. Which again is not, is not a good look for the league in general. Right. If it's team doesn't, if one of its teams doesn't trust that the league is going to handle things. So again, this is something we'll keep an eye on um, and see ultimately what happens. I would be surprised if it winds up being $10 million or, or whatever, but nonetheless, it's this is something that's happening and we'll see go. where it all leads. One more thing before yeah. we wrap up, because um, we talked about it being an in-season tournament night, your Los Angeles Lakers can become the first team uh, in the history of the in-season tournament to clinch a spot in they the could. quarterfinals because they are playing their final game. They're undefeated in the group. 3-0, this game really decides it. Uh, mm -hmm. for, for the, or can decide it, I should say, because um, the Jazz, I believe, would have. No, I guess this is it for the Jazz, too. So, yeah, so, yeah, so this this game will decide it between the Lakers and the Jazz because um, I don't think the Suns can get in there. I don't know. Maybe the Suns are some weird tiebreaker, but the Lakers win, they're through uh, tonight against the Jazz, and if the Jazz win, they'll have a chance to maybe be the ones uh, through instead. It would probably get into complicated tiebreakers at that point. And just a reminder, you want to win – uh, your group, because that assures you one of the, the eight spots. Uh, six yep. of the eight spots go to the group winners, and then the other two will be uh, the two wild best card. wild cards. And it's very likely to come down to nothing more than point differential yep. at that point. So it's uh, it's going to be fun to, to watch. I mean, that so there's a layer of importance tonight, right? There's actually something to fully be played for in this game uh, between these two teams with, you know, a real chance uh, with some stakes on the line. So that that'll be, you know, a fun game to watch. I think it's the only one too tonight, right? Yeah. It's the only uh, late game tonight. Oh, it's, it's, the, only, it's the only late game. Too. I was going to say, it's not the only tournament game. No, no, no. Yeah, There's yeah. Uh, what, six of them, five yeah. of them uh, tonight. So, and there, there's a couple other big ones. Magic Raptors is, is a big one. Magic and Celtics play Friday in the tournament. Um, so yeah, so jazz Lakers though, that's, that's the, uh, you yeah, know, that's, that's a big one now. So, so it'll be fun to uh, watch tonight. Absolutely. Absolutely. There'll be something that'll be that obviously I'll be, I'll be watching, but <laughs> we'll certainly be, be keeping an eye. And that's why I would imagine LeBron, even though he's questionable, I'm sure he's probably going to play this one. Um, Adam Silver would probably not be happy if he did not, Ew. but, uh, yeah, so it's uh, the tournament so far so good, and we'll see if the Lakers become the first team to punch their ticket into the next round. But thank you, everybody, for joining us. Make sure you do subscribe to the NBA Front Office Show here on YouTube and, of course, over on the podcast side, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you listen to podcasts. Till next time, everybody, see ya, and stay safe.